Hello, and welcome to the Meltdown City Podcast. I'm Nicole. And I'm Allie. This podcast is about getting unstuck out of your comfort zone and changing things up, all while not taking yourself too seriously, or us either. Come laugh, get inspired, and have fun. Thanks for listening. Hey, Allie. Hey, Nicole. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. Oh my God. Allie's standing. I'm sitting. <laughs> doing some hip rotations. Hip gyrations. Just rotations. It's kind of Sorry. A, a, a stretch. Right. <laughs> I don't know why I started doing that. Just oh, to relax. That's okay. I've been sitting all day, girl. I have to stand up once in a while. No worries about that. Um, hey guys, so welcome to the podcast. Yeah, welcome. Thanks for tuning in. So today, so if you haven't ever listened before, we like to kind of catch up, we do a meltdown, and then we're going to talk about a topic. So we're actually, our topic, just so you don't turn off the podcast, it's going to be about um, the happiness hypothesis, this book that we got into. Um, what's the author's name? Uh, Jonathan Haidt. Jonathan Haidt. So we'll get into that. It's all about different hypotheses about how to cultivate happiness, how to be happy, how to the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. But anywho, yeah. Well, we'll about fifteen minutes. I bet we'll get into it. Yeah. So if you want to fast forward to that, you can. Yep. <laughs> but right now we're just gonna do some catching up and bullshit. Yes. That's always my favorite part. <laughs> I know. It's great catching up with you, little girl. I love it. Um, and then also, if you haven't rated and reviewed the podcast, you got, might as well get on it and yeah. give us a review. Of course, we'd appreciate a five-star review. But, um, but if you want to do that, you know how to do that on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Go search it out. Leave us a review. We're going to do like a three-second challenge. So do it in three, two, one. Go. Subscribe. Perfect. Awesome. Um, I watched this YouTube show with my kids called Colin's Key. And Colin and Devin are these brothers and they do amazing challenges like gross food mixture challenges and, and like pancake, like artwork challenges. And they always do this little countdown to rate, review and subscribe. And that's kind of how it goes. Like three, two, one, done. Okay. Thanks guys. Thanks for doing that. Oh my God. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so how you been? Good. Great, actually. I'm going to Lake Chelan on Friday. Oh, my God. So you're close to vacation <laughs> mode. Yes. I'm, I'm like, very close to vacation mode. Um, we go to Lake Chelan every three years or so. We have a condo there and have gone there for my whole life, practically. So it's, like, kind of where I want to retire. And um, because I kind of want to retire there, I'm trying to get Andrew to to book some like viewings and go see some property and, and fun stuff like that. Dope. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> my daughter has been horseback riding all summer. She's really getting into that. And so that also made me think of what type of property should we buy there? Maybe it could be like an orchard or a ranch. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be nice if like for the next 20 years I spent my days like, walking outdoors on you know to the pool and the hot tub and the orchard and just living a much more outdoor life Ooh. where you're like maybe we're like boarding horses and doing horseback riding lessons and tours and like 
Kind of like Chip and Joanna Gaines, you know, where they kind of create a little empire out in nature. And I don't know who those people are. <gasps> You're insane. Have you ever seen Fixer Upper? Yes, but on I didn't know. HGTV? Yeah, but not. we don't have cable. We haven't had it for a while. People but- love Chip and Joanna because they're a great couple and they've got cute little kids and they're super happy. I've seen their faces. Yeah. But okay. But anyway, it's something similar. And I was just looking at properties. And so I've just been in La La Land. Dude. Dreaming about this this alternate universe. Well, you have to at least think about it first for yeah. in order for it to happen, right? Exactly. In order to manifest it. Right. Yeah, and get my dream board up and things like that. We'll see what's realistic. I know the income property dream is a good five years out due to yeah. all the money we need to save to get there, but it's it's always fun to think about that kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah. Sweet. What have you been up to? Ooh, just got back from Montana. Montana. How was it? <laughs> oh, my God. I loved it. I loved every second of it. Did we, you? Yeah, I haven't been to Montana since I was a kid. Really? Because um, we went to Yellowstone um, on family trips mm-hmm. twice. Um, but I haven't been there as an adult, and it was the coolest. Uh, we went to Bozeman, and we went to Missoula. Yeah. Of the two, I think I preferred Missoula. Mm-hmm. But we only spent one night in Missoula, but, man... It's just these like little smaller towns in the middle, the most beautiful setting, all the, these mountains and trees and mm-hmm. just um, wide open spaces and obviously tons of blue sky. They call it, you know, big sky, Montana. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess they say there is a place called big sky, but then they say like, you know, it's big sky. Cause it's just like endless, endless sky. Yeah. So that was, that was cool. Yeah. I went to, so we went to go see a friend and this friend's cousin took us on a, on a pot grow, uh, where he took us to where he grows his pot, mm-hmm. his pot grow operation. Nice. So yeah, it was for his medical marijuana. Cause I, I, just for the record, I don't actually smoke pot, but, uh, they, he has this medical marijuana operation. So we got to go into his grow room and that was crazy. I've never been, in anything like that before. Nice. I felt like I was in the middle of Narcos or in the middle of... Does he, is he like uh, legal doing oh, that? Yeah. He, oh, yeah. Oh, no. Wait. Yeah, it's totally legit. 100% legit. And he takes it very serious as a business. It's just yeah. interesting because he's like 28 or 30 years yeah. old. And yeah. he was in horticulture yeah. as a kid. I mean, as a young adult. And yeah. he really isn't interested in the science behind it and it's all for people who uh, you know have medical marijuana cards because it's not legal in montana so yeah and there are tons of strict rules to follow and he follows all of them nice good for him i know sweet Um, interesting yeah andrew and i well i looked into doing something like that and i think that maybe to distribute uh, they're not giving out any more licenses to distribute marijuana um, cause the market's so saturated. They're just not giving them out like they used to anymore, but that's an awesome thing. I would love to do that. What a great way to spend your time. I just was impressed because <laughs> you- <laughs> I don't really smoke pot either for the record. Uh, it was just crazy to see all that, the different stages of the plants and well, they're um, beautiful too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think they do do good for the planet. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, yeah for sure. Really interesting. I should. I feel like we should have him on the show. Oh he yeah, was very industrious That'd and just cool. 
very, very motivated to do all the right things. And he doesn't have any investors and he just did it by himself. Good for him. So, smart guy. Yeah. Um, The one time we went to Montana, I went to Whitefish, which is like a ski town. Oh, cool. My mom and I took a train there for Christmas by ourselves. And it was kind of lonely, to be (laughs) honest. I mean, she had all the right intentions and... Sounds like a wonderful way to spend a Christmas. <laughs> it was. I mean, if if I really liked skiing that much and, you know, but I had just moved to the U district. I was probably like 18 or 19 and really actually wanted to just be home with my friends. And, but it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. And then our train got delayed Oh, for a little while, kind of got stuck in the snow. Mm. But um, I would love to go back to Montana. I, I want to go back to. Yeah. Like you were saying, those like wide open spaces, that fresh, that sweet, Clean air. Mm, so beautiful. Amazing. Dude, do you have any meltdowns? Well, I've been doing pretty good. Um, I got into a weird conversation with mom a couple weeks ago, and I will not divulge the content. But, you know, my parents have been divorced for 25 years. I don't know. They got divorced in like 92, maybe. So almost, I don't know how long I'm going to do the math real quick. Can. What was it? When? <laughs> 2002. 20, 20, 27 years. Yeah. So almost 30 years ago. But you know, she's kind of, you know, she always kind of wants to talk a little bit. She'll bring up weird stuff about my dad once in a while. And she wanted to have a, a conversation about the divorce. And I'm like, oh God, you know, like, I'm not sure I can be a biased, list, you know, an unbiased listener. I, I, I mean, he's my dad. He raised me. And so I kind of just shot up the boundaries. Good. It's like, I don't want to talk about it. And, and that, you know, I think she just kind of got the picture and we haven't really talked about it since. But I think mm. sometimes... You know, and and going through a divorce is such a personal journey for everyone. And to want to relive that or go back to it is is so difficult to want to do. And it's like, I I wouldn't mind connecting with her as like a a survivor kind of to the experience that we all went through. But I think she kind of needs to work through some of that stuff out with a therapist or another female friend. Because I was like, I'm happy to have a woman to woman conversation with you about any other, you know, relationships that you've had in your lifetime since my dad, but I don't really want to talk about my dad. It would be really hard to be objective. Yeah. Really. And, and not to take things personally and get defensive. And, and so I think it was best for the both of us that I just kind of shut that shit down. Nice one. Yeah. Dude. A little bit proud of that. <clears throat> I'm proud of you. What? I'm proud of you. Thanks, babe. <laughs> um, what about you? Okay. Well, I don't. Know if it was a technically a hashtag meltdown moment, mm-hmm. but I saw a ghost. <laughs> I saw a you ghost. A goddamn ghost! I actually have never seen a ghost before. But you had supernatural activities. Well, I mean, I, the thing at Melanie's house was not a ghost. That was her dad, right? So, but I lived in a haunted house in college. Yeah, I, I never saw a ghost, uh-huh. but the, that was where all the faucets and all the things were go on and off and doors would fly open. And I, anyway, I never saw a ghost, but I saw, I think I saw a ghost in Montana (laughs) in a ghost town. What happened? Well, we went, I don't want to take too much time, but we went to this ghost town in in Idaho. Actually, it wasn't in Montana. It was on our way back uh, yesterday. It was in 
We stopped at Burke, Idaho to go to a ghost town. We got there. It was really cool, honestly. It was um, built in like 1888. And it maybe has been deserted since like 1990. So it hasn't been deserted for too long, but it's really kind of beautiful. But um, I was walking up and Rob wanted to repark the cars and I had the dog. So I just kept walking um, through this ghost town and I saw two people I saw in, in, in this like shanty shack um, building where there was a window. I saw someone look out and then I saw another person look out and then I was like, Oh, that's interesting. There's people in there. I wonder how they got in there. Uh-huh. And then as I got up there, I was like, there isn't any way for anybody to get in here. Uh-huh. Where, where did the people go? Like, and then I was, then I just realized how, how could there be people there? Maybe that's probably, they were probably ghosts because they were gone. There was nobody there. And they were shadow. I mean, what the interesting was, is like they, they were in a building, they were covered. Um, it it was dark Mm -hmm. where, so it looked like shadows, you know, of people. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were definitely distinct figures, two figures, like peeking their heads out, like, Oh, someone's coming up the way. Mm-hmm. And so I mean, I couldn't, d- d- couldn't tell what they were wearing or anything, but cause there was, there was like shadows and I'm like, wow, they were shadow people, shadow people, ghosts. Put two and two together. And it's a oh ghost my God. story and it goes down. Ghost. <laughs> that's, a, a ghost. that's a story for the grandchildren. <laughs> a ghost story and a ghost town. <laughs> that's it right. Did say that, <laughs> There was, don't go at nighttime because there's paranormal activity at night. Mm-hmm. But I was in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. Ghost story and a ghost town. <laughs> a ghost story and a ghost town if I ever one. <laughs> and then I was tempted for half a second after I was realizing that maybe they were ghosts that I should tell them, like, you're free to go. You don't need to stay here. You know, yeah. like, give them the opportunity to leave. And then I was like, what if they come with me? <laughs> I don't want to to take them back in the car. They might be in the car right now still. No, they they could be in the house. They could be, yeah. They might be watching us in those two chairs (laughs) right now. That is so amazing. Oh, my God. I think we should name them eventually. (laughs) Not right now. (laughs) No, that makes me scared. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Weird. Shit, girl. Oy vey. Oh, nearly a meltdown. All right. Do you want to get into the, Let's the, do it. the topic of the hour? Yeah. Okay. So I will tell all y'all about why we picked this book to look at. Because um, I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts, which is um, The Knowledge Project with Shane Parrish. And he had a great author on there. His name is John Haight. And he wrote The Coddling of the American Mind and How Good Intentions and bad ideas are setting up a generation for failure. And it was kind of about parenting and how we don't really let our kids out of our sight anymore. And we're coddling and protecting them so much that they don't really know how to survive or act in regular society. And therefore they're going to college and they're like, I can't take this exam because it's making me too stressed out, you know, Mm. and they're just kind of getting out of really normal and like 
regular life struggles that actually teach you things. Yeah. Um, and this was one of his first books and it just sounded really interesting. And then he recommended another book called free range parenting, where this one woman decides to parent her kids and, and lets them go to, like all over New York and the subway at like age 10 and how safe it really is. And you have to teach them to, you know, protect themselves and think smart. Um, <clears throat> so this was a really good book. No, well, yeah. I mean, we're just going to give some high-level takeaways. You can take it or leave it. Yeah. Um, but um, you want to start with one of the topics that resonated with you? Yeah. Well, he talks a lot. He, This author, he came up with this idea for himself that he's been using for at least 10 years when he was writing the book. But he's probably... I don't know when this, this book was published. But he talks about this, about this concept of the elephant and the writer. Yeah. And your conscious mind is the writer. And the elephant is your subconscious mind, or it is your what responds to your, your sympathetic and your parasympathetic nervous system, like picks up on things that your conscious mind doesn't um, realize. But like you, your feelings come from the elephant, and then then your conscious mind is like sorting out your feelings. And so he talks about how in order to tame your mind, your, your, um, you have the elephant, you, you have to do some practical work mm-hmm. with, as a writer so you can tame the elephant. So yeah. Yeah. So Things kind like of the beautiful metaphor that kind mm-hmm. of runs throughout the book, but there's lots of great ways, techniques and stuff that he brings up. Um, one of which is, I think that he said that there are three practical ways to be happy. Yeah. Um, and he talks about, I mean, there's all different ways that throughout this book that we, that you can create happiness. Yeah. Uh, and, and the whole theory is like finding modern truth and ancient wisdom, things people have been talking about for centuries, mm-hmm. essentially. So. Mm-hmm. But one of them was, um, the first one was meditation. And Nicole can talk a little bit about yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, well, do you just want to say okay. what the three are? Yeah. Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, mm-hmm. and Prozac. Yeah. So with meditation, and I've been doing some research actually about meditation and the effects on the mind, um, you can actually change your gray matter. Um, there was this woman who did a study um, and took 30, no, took 80 people who didn't meditate, um, had them meditate for eight weeks for 20 to 30 minutes a day, um, they didn't change anything else, but after the eight weeks, she was able to discover that. Um, and they did—they like did MRI. They put yeah. these people through MRIs and tested their brain, um, their brain waves, and they could tell that they had um, like decreased uh, uh, responses to like. Or their empathy were increased in their the frontal part of their brain, and then in like their amygdala, the the brain actually got smaller. That that part of the brain got smaller, and that's like the area where you where you have kind of uncontrolled emotions. Your, yeah, your knee jerk reaction. Yeah, so your stress and anxiety kind of comes from your, that area of your brain, and so people who were meditating, they had decreased amount of stress that they felt and an increased amount of empathy. And interestingly, and the, the, 
that's how they felt. And then their, their brain scans showed that that's, that's actually maybe what happened is the brain actually changed their neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. Or we have neuroplasticity in our brains. And so it's possible to change your, change your mind. That's amazing. And then cognitive behavioral therapy is one that he mentioned. He actually talked about a person who was near suicide and how important cognitive behavioral therapy was to like healing this one gentleman who like actually had all of the supplies that he needed to actually do the deed right, right then and there. And for some reason he had the will to call 911 and get the help he needed, but cognitive behavioral therapy or, um, CBT just changed his life forever. And so that's just basically mental training that catches you mid negative thought and actually stops you from like calling yourself an idiot or an asshole or a pig or, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. negative, you know, self-talk you're doing and, and makes you stop right there and, and change it to something else. Mm -hmm. And he basically says that you got it. We, we could teach this to, in every school, in every elementary school, middle school, and high school. And it just needs to be a part of the education system because it will help everyone do better in life. Mm-hmm. I've, I've done a little bit of that in therapy. And it, yeah. it does work. Yeah. And then the last thing he talked about was Prozac. Prozac, basically going on some sort of antidepressant um, and how that can be a really beneficial way to change your happiness level, right? Yeah. He was saying that it's akin to contact lenses being worn by someone who has just like slightly blurry vision and it can just really change and really help and be super effective. He was saying when in some when some people face adversity, it can be a wonderful thing for people because they grow from it. But for the people who are slightly more pessimistic in their mindset, they might have to work a little bit harder to get to the place where they could see that whatever adverse things are happening to them, they could actually benefit from those experiences. Yeah. And overcome. And overcome that. Yeah. Um, the other thing, one thing that I found interesting that he talked about was um, the pursuit of happiness. And in the pursuit of happiness, we sometimes get lost and, and um, actually feel less happy. Um, and I thought it was really interesting because one of our listeners and one of the guests on our show, Traveling Bits, Melissa Bits, um, posted an awesome, totally apropos post about happiness today, or maybe it was yesterday, Mm -hmm. but about this. And she's like, for years, I thought if I made this much money, I'd be happy. Or if I just weighed this much, I'd be happy. And if so-and-so would just commit to this relationship, I'd be happy. I'd always wanted something more, something different. And as a result, I was never happy. But after getting through too many panic attacks, lots of journaling, self-help reading and therapy, I learned to love myself. I also learned to love my life exactly as it was. I began to appreciate my salary and stopped comparing myself to everyone else in the Bay Area. I realized that travel is my passion and I had the power to make it happen more often. I finally believed that I am beautiful, even with 15 extra pounds, and I embrace my youthful beauty while I still have it. I'm happy with just myself, without a partner, but I'd be just as happy waking up to someone special every day. It can take, um, it can take a lot to get to this point and a lot of work, <clears throat> but I'll tell you what works for me. Number one, practice gratitude daily. Train yourself to replace negative thoughts with positive ones. Cognitive so, behavioral therapy. Exactly. Prioritize the things that make you the happiest in life. 
and spend time with people who love you and build you up instead of down. And I thought that was so perfect because I feel like we are always on this. We're kind of tethered to this tension in life of pursuing happiness and doing more and improving, but also needing to um, just sort of be and exist and be mindful and appreciate the moments for what they are. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's sort of that, you know, reflection of the rider and the elephant and having to constantly be, you know, Mm -hmm. that tension between the two opposing ideas. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I'm just sitting here thinking about how beautiful that was. Do you have any more um, yeah. thoughts on the book? I do. So he talks about the happiness formula. Mm-hmm. It's like it's H plus C. H equals C plus B. So H is your happiness set point. C equals the condition of your life. And then V plus V equals voluntary, voluntary activities. So the voluntary activities can be like these whatever extra extraneous things that you do that you want to do that you're doing in your life, whatever it is. But basically like those are the things that you can change. Yeah. But, and in that he says, so he, this guy's a professor. And so he had like 350 of his students to go out and do a, he performed a study and he had these students go out and um, rate themselves at random times, what they were doing and if they were happy doing it. Mm-hmm. And so he collated all this data and um, he found that sex and eating, like having really delicious meals, meals made mm-hmm. people like the most happy, but like you can't do them all the time. Otherwise it might make you feel disgusting. Mm-hmm. And then he talked about the second thing that made people really happy was doing Random act of random acts of kindness mm-hmm. or random acts of gratitude that made people feel happy. But the one place where people felt really happy was when they were in a flow state. Mm-hmm. And basically, that's like when they're in the zone, when you're like on an amazing car ride, or you're painting, or you're solving problems. It's basically like you have the skill set to do this. Thing. really well really well and it's almost like you're oh he said it's like the rider and the elephant are one mm-hmm. during the during that time and it's like a really uh amazing place to be mm-hmm. um so try to get more in your flow state man. yeah that's really cool i get that at work sometimes mm-hmm. you know or when you're in, on vacation with your family and you haven't spent a lot of time with each other for a really long time you finally reach like this awesome flow state where you're like used to being around each other 24 seven and it just feels so, so good. And you're not like annoyed at each other anymore and trying to get away from people, but you're like, right. It takes a while to get there, but yeah, that's amazing. I've definitely experienced that. What I mean, I've experienced it at work. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Oh, he talks about like, Right, maybe right now we could be in our flow state. Mm-hmm. Basically, like having a deep conversation with a friend, mm-hmm. um, feeling like really connected. Yeah. Um, or when you reach that point in your run where it's really enjoyable mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel like hard work. work anymore. Yeah. And you're not huffing and puffing. You're, you just kind of reach the zone. When we're like riding down on our bike ride this weekend, we'll be riding down the hill. Mm-hmm. I'll be in my flow state. And actually, probably riding up because mm-hmm. it'll. Like, I mean, it'll be challenging, but it'll also be enjoyable, right? Yeah. Are you doing Hurricane Red this mm-hmm. weekend? Yep. Yep. <gasps> Good luck, girlfriend. Yes. That's exciting. Thank you. You've worked really hard for that. Other things that you talked about was obviously like having connection with people. Yeah. 
is important to happiness mm-hmm. and relationships are important to being happy. Um, but, and that seems kind of like an obvious one, right? Yeah. Anything else for you? No, that was it. I mean, uh, there's a lot of really great things in there. If you're interested, obviously check it out. It was a really good read. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of complicated, but good. He had an interesting point, which I mean, makes a lot of sense. He said, most of the time, money doesn't make you happy, Mm -hmm. right? Like if you win the lottery... Oh, yeah, I saw. I read that part. Too. If you win the lottery, I mean, basically, we have our own happiness set points. Yeah. And if you win the lottery, you're going to go back to your set point. And actually, I was doing some research about gratitude uh-huh. um, also, not just meditation. Um, and one of the only things that you can do to actually change your happiness set point is like gratitude. Practicing mm-hmm. daily gratitude will raise your set point, happiness set point. But for people... Who he was like people who really aren't meeting getting their day to day needs met. Happy, obviously money money can buy you happiness. Yes, because if you're always constantly worrying about where you're gonna how you're gonna feed your kids or how you're gonna get by, like obviously it's really it's a real struggle. So mm-hmm. you have to get to at least probably a certain economic status in order to. Mm-hmm have happiness not by you or money not by you happiness. Yeah. And then he said that like folks who are, you know, middle income who win the lottery, they might like buy a bunch of new cars, get a new home and then reach the new normal, but still have that sense of emptiness. Like they may be millionaires now, but they, they feel they like kind of just settle back down into their set point and, and realize, Oh shit, I still hate this and this and this about Mm -hmm. myself and this and this and this about my life. He did advise that we should spend a lot less time buying consumer goods mm-hmm. and focus more time on vacationing, having time off, experiences, spending, experiences, spending time with family. So going um, outside, experiencing the great outdoors. Yeah, yeah, it's calming, and a lot less on on um, material possessions. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah, but anyway, good stuff. Awesome guys. Yeah, um, send us your thoughts. Yeah, send us an email. Let us know what you think. Yeah, send us an idea. Mm-hmm. Do you want to be on the show? Mm-hmm. Next week we have Courtney. We're going to catch up with Coco again. Mm-hmm. She's back in Seattle. Can't wait for that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, uh, we hope you're enjoying your summer. Yeah, peace out. Okay, peace out. Thanks for tuning in today. Please follow us on Instagram at Meltdown City Podcast or on Facebook at Meltdown City Podcast, or you can follow us on Twitter at Meltdown City Pod. Come check out our website, MeltdownCityPodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on wherever you listen to our podcasts. You can email us at MeltdownCityPodcast at gmail.com for any stories, suggestions, or comments, and we'll read them on the air. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.